walked on my moon. Elvis ain't dead, you ain't going crazy. It's all in your head. It's all interpretation. Oh, my. To find the truth, you gotta read between the lines. Dang it, Bobby. Work out your own salvation. You are the best of white people. It's hard to find if it's more than a place, it's a state of my mind. That's not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Jerry, just remember, it's not a lie if you believe it. You should never be allowed to talk to people. There is a fine line between genius and madness. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. God bless America. You know, Mark, <laughs> I get tripped up by those things that pop up on social media. Yeah. You'll never, you know, 30 things you didn't know about taxi. You won't believe number 17. Oh, gosh. And I happen to look at one, and it has the teaser. It has a picture of Jeff Conway standing there with uh, Judd Hirsch. And it says, uh, taxi cast update. Where are they now? And then it gives you this little thing. Taxi writer producer Sam Simon told Howard Stern on his radio program how he found Conaway, a known drug addict, on the floor of his dressing room one day, too high to report for filming. His lines were divvied up between Danny DeVito and Christopher Lloyd with no reduction in the amount of, and it cuts off. (laughs) So you have to click on 30 little known facts from behind the scenes of Taxi to find out. Yeah. And, and the then you're is, in, then you're in that crazy slideshow sort of thing where they give yes. you a paragraph and then you have to click forward to get uh-huh. more and you keep yes. on going and keep on going and next, keep on going. Next, yes. next. <laughs> but what about him? You know, he was Kanicki in the movie Grease. Come on. Right. And, but the thing is that I, the only thing I know about Conway is that I saw him on Celebrity Fit Club, Celebrity Detox, Celebrity Drug Addict, whatever celebrity show you have, you know, and the guy died like 12 years ago and wow. of a, yeah. And he died in 2011, but he was on Dr. Drew's celebrity rehab and wow. he had a, a back issue. Okay. But Mark, the amount of <laughs> drugs this guy was taking at the time in terms of what he was actually prescribed to take, I'm telling you, this guy was something to behold in terms of his level of pain medication that he was mm. taking a yeah. lot. That was, and I'm thinking, the doctors that were prescribing him these huge amounts, right? They've got to understand, they've got to take some responsibility for feeding the habit of a drug addict like that. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, You'd think I'm, so. I'm, I'm not going to get tricked into going for where are they now? Because chances are where, I mean, think about it. Danny DeVito, we know where he is now, don't we? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, Mary Lou Henner. Yeah. yeah. Not so much. Tony yeah. Danza. Yeah. Who's the boss? He did that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what else since then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I fell through one of those over the weekend too. And it was, Did and, you? It, and this is, so yeah. So you're not alone. I mean, uh, and I, I think it was something to do with, uh, with, uh, back to the future. And there was a, something about, well, there was something about back to the future. I just remember that much. And, uh, you won't believe that was part of it. You won't believe what, what the reason they did this this way. And oh, right. okay. And I wanted to read the story, and they never did tell why they did it this way. Wow. <laughs> it's just they suck you in page after page after page, and every page has got a little short blurb and yeah. and a picture and tons of ads. 
And so what it is, is you're, you're clicking through and all of those ads are loading and they get paid every time, you know, like a fraction of a penny every time one of those ads loads. And so you just keep clicking from page to page to page to read the story and they keep getting paid a little bit every time you click. Wow. <laughs> That's why they I, do it that way. But now I feel really, really dumb. Wow. <laughs> but the thing is that everybody gets sucked into it eventually. And because there'll be something that you're interested in, right? Like, oh, I, yeah. I always wondered why they did it that way click and you never find out why and you go through 48 pages of stuff that <laughs> has nothing to do with it and it exactly. wraps up and at the end you go well that was interesting but they never answered the question <laughs> I, i'm still waiting to hear what, what happened to conway that day you know right <laughs> all right okay Mark. so 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 before we roll yeah so yesterday uh oh yeah you had a birthday, eh? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Was it a good one? Yeah. Well, you know, um, it actually was to a really weird way. Um, you know how I am about it. Uh-huh. And um, it's one of those things where I have, uh, I, I don't particularly like my birthday to be celebrated. I, I don't mind people saying happy birthday. Thank you. You know, but really beyond that, I'm, I'm pretty cool. And the reason is it always turns out bad for the dad. When you're at the same, when you're a dad... <laughs> And you have a stay-at-home mom, your wife, you know, you're the only one bringing in any income. So when the family does a huge blowout for your birthday, you're footing the bill. Part of the deal of having a big party in your honor <laughs> is everybody else paying for it. You get to visit and have fun and not right. clean it up. But right. when, it's, when it's me, not only am I paying for everything, but I'm also going to have to clean it up. Because everybody <laughs> else will go, no, it'll keep till tomorrow. And so, no. <laughs> it I mean, always does. It's always miraculously clean yes, tomorrow. <laughs> because... You know, because Dave stayed up and took care of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I got <laughs> burned on that thing after a while. You're like, no, I homeboy is not doing this anymore. Please yeah. do not do anything nice for me because it's yeah. going to backfire. And so to yesterday. Yes, I, I made LaDonna mad when she said, happy birthday. I said, that's it. <laughs> well, a lot of folks uh, great gave you birthday greetings on yes. social media yesterday. Yeah. I saw that happen. Yeah. So it was that nice. Was nice. I, I, and I'll thank everybody. It was really nice. I appreciate it. That's how I want it. Just, yeah. hey, happy birthday. Good. Thank you. And the thing is, really, what is there? I mean, I get it that I, I just, it's one of those things from childhood. It's, it's kind of like Halloween. I don't like yeah. Halloween either. You know, it's just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, just uh, for the sake of, those listening a belated happy birthday again. Thank you. you know, I appreciate I looked at, it. I looked hey. at it. I said, well, so-and-so's getting, although it, it gives you the little reminder. It's Dave's birthday. Yeah. You want to wish him a happy birthday, right? right. And I said, sure, I will. And I pulled up my phone and texted you happy birthday. Yeah. Instead, uh, instead of yeah, using social media. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I know. And I appreciate it. I do. It's, it's not that I don't appreciate it. It's just, you know, again, at a certain point you're going, huh, well, plus, you know what? Other, and, I do appreciate all the happy birthday things. I think it's, and I like the way Facebook reminds you. Yeah. I do because there are people I want to like to remind them. I'm thinking about them, you know, and, mm -hmm. and I do that. It's nice. Yeah. Um, but it's just kind of funny. There's certain people in my life that I know somebody else reminded them or it was social media. Because you know, that had to be, you know. Well, I've, I've got it in my calendar, too. And I was about to say yeah. that if, if they're impo that important to you, if, if you're carrying an iPhone around, you've got a calendar yeah. app. Put it in your calendar. And right. it'll remind you 24 hours in advance, hey, tomorrow's so-and-so's birthday. Oh, that's you know? so, yeah. Okay. So that way, well, you when you have brains like us, you don't have to. Yeah. They turn them on. Wow. You need How something funny. nudging you. Hey, do something nice. Okay. <laughs> I love it. 
Well, anyway, the one thing I did realize yesterday when it was my birthday and uh, there are days where I feel like I'm getting old. I don't normally feel old, though. I rarely yeah. feel old. I feel fairly young. Or, yeah. uh, but I look at these politicians that oh. are oh. old enough to be my grandparent and they're yeah. still running for office. And that's yeah. a problem, Mark. I mean, yeah. when, when I'm facing retirement age, if I wanted to, and these people are still in office, still people are, people are voting for them. They're, they're yeah. either morons voting for them, which is a possibility, or yeah. morons are not voting for them. They're stealing it because yeah. legitimate voters, people who actually have a brain that actually considered the consequences of their vote are not going to vote for Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi. And, and right. I argue a couple of the old Republicans, too. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. Uh, there is a certain line that people cross and it's not it's not an arbitrary age line it's not like 77 or whatever you there is a certain point where you watch their performance and go they really should go home and enjoy their ice cream right you know they really yep. should as, our, as our, our our favorite comic jeff allen likes to say when you look at our president don't you get the feeling he'd rather be sitting at home watching gun smoke and eating eating ice cream <laughs> I, you know, that's the thing is that you have to realize, Mark, how many favors do they have to cash in yeah. before it's over? Because they've, they got, it's like the deal with the devil. You know, mm -hmm. at the time you, you signed that blood pact, it seems fine. But now 10 years, 20 years later, you're still having to go out there on the road. You got to live that life because you're yeah. the one that signed the deal. And these people signed a deal with somebody, Mark. Otherwise it makes no sense any other way. It really, mm. they yeah. should, they should go home, but they can't. That's what I've been saying for years. They owe somebody something. They really right. do. It's the only reason they're there. It's they either owe somebody something or possibly more dangerous. They're true believers in their oh. cause and they will never, they'll never let go and they'll never rest. They'll never retire as long as they believe they're working for their, for their, the core element of their faith, so to speak. You know, they're on a mission. They're on a mission from God. And so their, you know, their <laughs> their mission is to accomplish the task set before them, and they'll never retire until they've done everything they possibly can. And that, that I think is even more dangerous because wow. they really do believe what they're Man. selling, and so it's, that's that psychotic. A, yeah, that or a deal with the devil. You know, Mark. Mm -hmm. um, after I got done looking over uh, the thirty-seven items on, I didn't know about Taxi. The next <laughs> thing that came up was the uh, forty worst television sh series of the seventies. And usually on that list, the Brady Bunch family hour is usually a variety hour is usually in there. But do you know what number 40 is on the list of top 40 worst shows of the What's 70s? A, a TV show called A Year at the Top. A Year at the Top. Here it is. Here, here's the sales pitch. Here's the pitch meeting. What I got here. I got a year at the top. It's about two <laughs> musicians that are struggling to make a living. So their solution, they make a deal with the devil. Mm, mm. That, that was the show. It starred wow. four people we've never heard of. Right. And Mickey Rooney was in the pilot. That's it. Wow. <laughs> he didn't show up in any of that. After he did that pilot, he got paid and said, I ain't doing any more of this. <laughs> That's and, crazy. Yeah. Now, on that list, is the Star Wars Christmas special on there? <laughs> no, this is going to be series related. Oh, those are series. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that was a real thing. Yeah, it the was. Star Wars, that was yeah. a real. There really was a Christmas yeah. special yes, where Chewie goes to his it home was, planet. It was horrible. It was so bad. Even diehard, diehard, freakishly, religiously devoted Star Wars fans all all have the no, we don't talk about that attitude about it. It's just really? yeah, it's really, really bad. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know this. I thought that was a joke. <laughs> we saw uh, a like a trailer for a new documentary. It's a documentary about 
the Star Wars Christmas special it's that uh, we saw it on YouTube the other night. And I thought, wow, holy moly, I've got to find this thing now. This is a documentary wow. because this this must be watched. <laughs> Dude, that's just I thought that was a joke, man. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's a okay. real thing. And it's and it's one of those things where you look at it and go, somebody, somebody pitched this idea. And a group of people said, yeah, we like that. Wasn't there a disco version of the Star Wars theme, too? Yes, there was. I remember it playing on the radio. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Star Wars was huge. Absolutely huge back in the day. But I thought that Christmas special with Chewie going to see his wife, Nala, or whatever. I thought that I only know that stuff from Big Bang Theory. I thought that was a joke. No, it's not a joke. It's real. Wow, that's funny. That's Mm -hmm. funny. I'm glad. All right, Mark. Uh, first things first, right out of the box, Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, he is uh, leading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, he leads Biden right now. Right. Yeah. In a head-to-head presidential race, which I don't know that. I don't know how much stock I put in these things because of how yeah. they have done things in the past yeah. where they, you know, said that whoever, whoever right. runs in the Democrat is going to stomp the Republican because, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know. Yeah. Polling is always suspect. I mean, unless it's uh Unless it's well, unless it's Rasmussen, it's very it's very suspect because most of the polls that you see quoted by news organizations are a CBS slash YouGov poll or they're commissioned by CNN or they're commissioned by some news agency. And the questions they ask to get the answers they want determine the outcome of the poll. And it never is trustworthy. Otherwise, we would have known well before election night that Mm. Hillary was going to lose. You know, (laughs) we would have known if the polls were were trustworthy. But according to uh, I got one of those poll callers, you know, that uh, called and was asking me questions. They start asking questions before you really have a chance to say anything. And I have started answering questions when people call about stuff like that or telemarketers. Mm. I start talking to them like I can't really understand them. Or I start asking them for money, begging them yeah. for money. And yeah. I just, you know, please, I, I haven't eaten in three days, man. You have a job. You're a telemarketer. <laughs> can't you just send me some cash? Because I know, I mean, this is the last day this That's phone's going to be on, dude. Well, That's yeah, because it's, it's like I'm tired of it. It's like I want, I talk so much, they hang up on me. And I'm mm. like, cool, you know. I've seen two great responses to the telemarketer or the pollster. One yeah is to turn to a five-year-old and say, it's Santa, and hand him the phone. Ah, that'd be cool. Yeah. <laughs> and the other is to say, hi, you're on the air. Oh, good, yeah. <laughs> They'll hang up immediately. <laughs> I know the other one is, I, I'm recording this call, okay? And yes. For, yeah. All right. Anyway, so, former President Donald Trump is leading President Joe Biden in a, in a hypothetical 2024 presidential election matchup, according to a CBS News uh, slash YouGov poll and a Harvard-Harris poll. The CBS YouGov poll released on Sunday shows that 50% of uh, 4,002 U.S. adults sampled would vote for Trump in a rematch of the 2020 presidential election, while 49% would back Biden. That's just 1%. 1% are undecided in such a scenario. Trump enjoys a double-digit advantage among independent voters at 57% to Biden's 50, uh, 42%. Biden takes a slim six-point lead among Hispanic voters. It's interesting. Among the nearly 2,700 registered voters in the sample, just 34% believe Biden would finish the second term if reelected versus a plurality of 44% who think he'll not finish a second term. Conversely, most voters predict Trump would finish a second term. The Harvard-Harris poll, it was published Friday, 
shows the 45th president with an even larger lead over Biden among uh, uh, 2,103 registered voters. That poll shows 44 percent back Trump, 40 percent behind Biden, another 15 percent undecided. Trump leads among independents and third party voters at 40 percent to 35 percent. So in the polls, he's ahead right now. But uh, even this, I mean, even if the gap was even bigger, I would say it's not enough. Because you know what happens. He could be way, way ahead and come election night. Oh, I don't know, two, three in the morning, suddenly something happens. They have to shut something down. And when we wake up, everything's reversed, kind of like it was in 2020. Yeah. And if you accuse them of doing anything wrong, uh, you you get, you know, you end up with a mugshot spread all over the internet. You know, you're a conspiracy theorist. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. (laughs) It's sick to, it's making me sick to death because I know that we could fix it just. If we just had, and, uh, and I believe there are more of us than there are of them. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I believe that. I really it's just do. so frustrating. It really is. At a certain point, you just have to look at this and go, come on, enough's enough, guys. We really mm-hmm. have got to change this. It's not. Yeah. But the, the people who have control of it now are not willing to give that up. You know, they're yeah. not going to give up their ability to steal uh, an election. Why would they? No. No, the people in charge, the people who are in power now uh, have a track record that goes back for generations, actually. Every time they get control, and by them I mean the the Marxist, leftist, communists, whenever they get control, they don't release control. They don't let go. Unless, and there has to be a revolution for them to be taken out of power. I wonder when it actually really happened. I've pointed to November 22nd, 1963, but there's yeah. an argument that could be made to uh, the 2000 or the 1912 election. Uh, there is a, there is an argument that could be made that that was when the old world money actually got hold because that is when, you know, the IRS was created and the federal um, uh, reserve was created is in, you know, after the 1912 election. Mm-hmm. And, you wow. know, I think, that could be it, you know, when you, you really about look it, at it. You think about it, and the people, people, you know, they use McCarthyism as a derogatory term today. You know, yeah. when McCarthy was trying to warn everybody, there are communists behind every bush in right. this place. Yep. There really are. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to warn them, this is a danger to this nation. They're trying to, they're yeah. trying to subvert the, the, our liberty. They're trying to take it yeah. away from us. They're trying to convert us into them. And uh, so they argue, paint, they say what? I might argue that he, he was behind the times that it had already happened. And which is why I, I, tell I Gunner Joe lost. Yes. I think you're right, exactly right there. And I, what I was going to say was the reason he was at that point doing that was because it had already been action in action for quite some time. Right. And at that point he's raising the red flags, <laughs> literally the red flags warning people, this is going on. And what we say, what these people say now is that that was evil. It was wrong. He was pointing, he was, you know, he was victimizing people. He was marginalizing people in actuality. He was right. Mm. And now look what's happening. You know, the one the thing is that he ended up chasing some rabbits. He went, he yeah. got, he, he actually started believing some of his own big head publicity. And when they found out that tail gunner, Joe was actually a coward and that he made up his war record, that was a problem. Mm. If you're going to point your bony finger of righteous indignation at people, you better make sure that you don't have anything they can uncover and let, you know, you got to bring it out first. Yeah. And with Joe, there was plenty of hidden stuff. He had his own mm-hmm. stuff hiding in the bushes. Yeah. And rather than deal with that, he got these other, and he's going after Hollywood writers going after that. That was a, that was, I mean, think about it. 
Hollywood is totally taken over by the left. Everybody knows huh. that. Yeah. And at that time they didn't, you know, it was like uh, John Wayne said, you know, was talking about being a conservative and in the early seventies, he said, you know, I, I didn't realize that it was an evil thing, you know, to be a conservative. <laughs> and, you know, I remember when he did come up, people were, were like, you know, for such a conservative, you know, all American guy, John Wayne had an opportunity to serve in world war II. He chose not to, uh, he mm -hmm. chose to, you know, defer because he was in his thirties and he had children and, you know, there were men in their thirties with children that felt the need to fight for their country, but John mm -hmm. Wayne wasn't one of them. He's one that stayed home and made a killing by making war rate movies. Yeah. Um, and people have pointed that out, but in reality, when, you know, tell Gunner Joe had so much going on in his own background that he was not the right man to fight that battle. But you know what? They were able to take him out and dismiss all of the, the to really, if you opened your mouth, if you opened your mouth about talking about the red scare again, you were buried for years and it's still yeah. that way pretty much You're labeled and, as a McCarthyist. Yeah. But I'll it, give you a heads up. Yeah. Yesterday, Fox news ran an article about, um, the guy that played Saul Goodman, Bob Odekirk. Um, he had a heart attack on set. Um, and during the last season of filming, he had a heart attack in July of 2021 and they didn't know if they were going to be able to finish the series because, you know, he was in bad shape and he was able to recover and they started filming again at the end of September. But I just, he was talking about that moment and, you know, they had to, they had to shock his system with the defibrillator three times to get him mm. back to get, I mean, mm. he was dead. He had flatlined and wow. boom, nothing, boom, nothing. One more time. Boom. Ah. He's back. Wow. And yeah. Um, and it really did worry. That's why. So I didn't realize, you know, and he had a heart attack. He was in the hospital. He's okay. That's what we heard after the fact. But the people on set didn't think he was coming back after what they witnessed on the scene. Mm. The thing is, is that this article yesterday, okay? The article yesterday on Fox News says Bob Odenkirk uh, changed doctors because he had this old, craggy, uh, right-wing conservative doctor. Who yeah, told the him conservative doctor? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And to, the doctor told him you need to, you got to start taking something for the cholesterol. Statins. You take these statins. He told him you need to take statins. Yeah. Right. And he went to a different. He didn't like it because this doctor had a sign I, that he didn't not take Obamacare, and right, which that's kind of a misnomer because Obamacare actually in many is Blue Cross Blue Shield or whatever else is offered. I mean, it's just Obamacare pays for it um, right. in many cases. That, but anyway. There was a sign, I don't accept Obamacare. And Bob Odenkirk, being a liberal comedian, switched doctors because of that. But that old yeah. cranky you know, right-wing doctor was right. And you know, he had a heart attack like within a month of mm -hmm. seeing a new doctor. He said, no, nah, you don't need to take that. And his, you know, he was dismissive because of the guy's politics. But that almost cost him his life. Yeah, It's just the left wing of Hollywood. The, they are lefties. And I don't... I. Look, I did theater, Mark, and I've, I've, I've told you this privately, I think. I did theater, and it was around theater people. And they're, if you're a, a heterosexual male, you're in the minority. Mm. It's like being on a girls' softball team in college. If you're a, if you're a heterosexual, you're in the minority. And they're going to mm. try to convert you, or they're going to ostracize you. Yeah. And I remember the last time I was actually doing a professional theater thing, it was many years ago. I was in my early twenties and it wasn't that I didn't get a part. I did get the part, but then from the day I got the part until the day I stopped, they rode me like a, it was the worst. And it was a part I had done several times and won awards for doing. They mm -hmm. rode me so hard. I said, I'm done. I'm not doing this. I'm out. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. And I said, works in the way. Got to stop. 
And it was just this, and that's how the, the, the LGBTQIA community is the worst when it comes for inclusion. They want us to include them and everything, but they will not include us. They, and they think they are justified in mocking, attacking. They, if our, if my house burns down and they've got the water hose, they're not going to use it on my house. Right. And they think they're justified in that. I got what I deserved. But if you say yeah. that to them, you know, you got what you deserve. There's no one more intolerant than those demanding tolerance. And right. that's what it amounts to. And that's where this whole thing goes with the left in Hollywood. And that's yeah. where tail gunner Joe took on Hollywood. He, and I remember, you know, Lucille ball back in the fifties was one of the biggest stars on television. And because her husband was, you know, brilliant, they created Desi Lou studios and Desi Arnaz was the one run. And if he hadn't, you know, alcoholism and drug addiction, he's an idiot, yeah. but you know, had he, he was brilliant. It was Desi Arnaz who created the three camera sitcom that yep. we have to this day. Yep. Um, he created it so that the, and the whole point was they didn't know that it was going to change everything. And they wanted, they wanted to show their kids what mommy and daddy used to do, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so here's a way to do it. But yep. bottom line being the bottom line, Mark, when, when tail gunner Joe went after Lucille ball, she really had gone to a communist party, had registered as a communist. 1936. She was very young at the time. Yes. 1936. But you know what? The old saying, if you're not a liberal, when you're 20, you have no heart. If you're still Mm -hmm. a liberal, when you're 40, you have no brain. Same thing could be said about that idea of, you know, let's all gather together and everybody do the, you know, all share in communism, you know, share everything. And, (laughs) you know, we're all equal. And I'm just Uh reminded of (laughs) some um, are more equal than others. (laughs) You know where that came from? It was Francis Ford Coppola. Really? It, yes, he had this at his place in uh, outside San Francisco. Him and all these guys went to film school together, um, and, and that includes your Star Wars guy, um, George Lucas. Um, yeah. They were all there, and they were it, they were this Marxist, you know, communist thing of everybody sharing together. They actually gave points to each other in their movies, uh, sharing wow. with yeah in that group. And of course, Coppola had you know gotten a little bit further ahead faster with godfather and godfather two and he was heading to an award ceremony a limo comes up and george lucas and these other guys are there and this is before star wars and a limo comes and they all are like well we're all going in the limo and coppola's no 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 uh this is my limo and he's they said i thought we were all in this together we live this here we all share and everything and we're all equal he said yeah but some of us are more equal than others and he got in the big limo and went that's where it came from <laughs> or at least when it was used. So can you yeah. imagine George Lucas looking at fat Sam and realizing mm. I, I got to get my own ride, you know, <laughs> back to Lucille ball. Um, Lucille ball, by the way, a lot of people don't understand, don't know is responsible for green lighting, a TV show that changed the, the landscape of, uh, of television that only lasted for a couple of seasons was supposed to go for five because they had a five-year mission. Yeah. <laughs> she greenlit Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> if it wasn't for Lucille Ball, Check. we wouldn't have Spock. Final frontier. <laughs> wow. Man. And you can also blame Lucille Ball for the uh, the set. There was an episode of Star Wars where they didn't have money for sets, and they actually <laughs> went to a planet, and they used red lighting, no sets, and just yeah. an imaginary set. You remember that? It was like they had a bar scene set up with mm. tables and chairs, you know, and a red light. 
That was it. You, was like, yeah, I bet that happened quite a bit. That's the yeah. reason they had the transporter, by the way. They didn't <laughs> they didn't get the shuttles finished in time to shoot. <laughs> That's why the transporter became what it was. <laughs> Pretty smart move. There we go. Go watch Galaxy Quest. Oh, please do. Is that a faucet running? That's not a faucet. That's a river rushing through the forest. Forest rivers provide over 100 million people with clean water to drink. What? I can't hear you because of the vacuum. That's not a vacuum. That's the trees in the forest cleaning up the air we breathe. I didn't know the trees were so amazing. Yep, and the forest gives us shade, trees to climb. That's awesome. Let's go explore some more. Visit the forest today and enjoy all it does just for you. To learn more about the forest and find one near you, go to discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Mark, there is a remix of that song, and uh, I love it. I don't know. Yeah. That might have been it. Uh, it I have to actually, yeah. Okay. Because yeah. um, it's like I've heard that one so much that to go back and listen to the original, I, I can't remember, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, and you but, listen to the original and wait, that's not the way it's supposed to sound. Right. Is it? I know. Isn't that funny? Because <laughs> the original, I, I'm now I'm going to go back and rewatch Ocean's Eleven, the reboot with George Clooney. I was going to say the remake, but it actually rebooted an entire series that never existed before. Because Ocean's <laughs> Eleven was a movie with Frank Sinatra and the Rat Pack. Ocean's yeah. Eleven with Clooney and Brad Pitt. I think I love it. And I, I like the whole, all three of them, you know, 12 and 13. I thought they were all well done. Mm. But I'm, I'm not like that. Anyway, they had a little, less, uh, convers- uh, little more conversation or whatever that is. Yeah. And uh, a little on the, in the first one. Yeah. In the first one. And now I'm wondering, was it the remix or was it that one? I don't know. <laughs> Do you remember? Is it live or is it Memorex? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> really? You really think I can't tell the difference? That that hiss in the background? Yeah. That's yeah. that's a tape. I just don't oh, recall yeah. Ella Fitzgerald having that hiss in her voice before. Yeah. All the all these people trying to pitch the fidelity of cassettes used to amaze oh, me. Just like, how funny. have you actually listened to them? I mean, have you really? I mean, you can even spend seven, eight, nine dollars on a single blank cassette to record your stuff on, and there's still this. In the yeah. background of everything. Oh, as long as we're talking about weird things, I got to tell you this. Yesterday, Mark, get a call from my dad. Happy birthday, right? And he said, hey, did you know you share your birthday with Hank Williams? Huh? And so, you know, dad, just FYI, usually not what you want to say to your son. You think it should be all about your son's birthday, not Hank Williams. But if you want to, we could run down the list of more important people who had birthdays the same day your son was born. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like, I'm not kidding. Oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, I actually did, Dad. You know, I knew that. And Tex Ritter too, if you really want to get into it. Wow. And uh, my radio guy, Joe Wade Formicola. He was. Uh, I actually got a job. My first big radio gig. I'm not kidding. I was still a kid, but it's the right place at the right time, Mark. Yeah. The right place at the right time. I had worked at a radio station in high school, um, a little AM daytimer where I couldn't tell anybody at high school that I was doing it because they, you know, it was one mm-hmm. of those, it, well, first of all, I would have been embarrassed if they had listened, but I actually got out of school my junior year, half a, I did half a day so I could do noon to three on this radio station. And I wasn't, it wasn't that I was that good. It was just, they were broke and needed somebody, you know, and they could pay me next to nothing. And I got the right, experience. Yeah. But when I got my first bit, like we're talking the week, after I graduated from high school, got college lined up, everything. And I'm thinking, radio, what do I need? What can I do? You know, and there are certain rules yeah. and regs and with the, uh, anyway, so 
I had a guy I trained. His name was Wayne Mucho. He went by Wayne Michaels on the air. And Wayne Mucho, I trained him at WKBQ in Garner. He was talented from the fir- his first day on the air, Mark. He was an, a DJ that could work in any market in America. From his, the first time he opened the microphone, wow. just a total natural. And I remember I listened to him and I went, wow, maybe I'm in the wrong profession. You know, and it was just, he was really good and he did. And so he did, you know, because he was older than me, he was like in his twenties. Right. And this was his first gig out of college. I trained him and he gets a job obviously at a at WKIX in Raleigh, which was the, that was kind of like the, the goal for me. My five-year goal out of high school was yeah. my first job out of college being at WKIX. That was my goal. And Wayne got a job there. So now I'm graduating from high school. He calls me the week I graduate and says, Hey Dave, um, we got a problem with, we need, uh, you, you need to apply for a job here. We got a part-time job coming open because the, they're firing this guy. He doesn't know it yet. Come and apply for it. We don't have anybody and I can't work. I'm doing something. And he was like, so bottom line, if you apply now, they pretty much will have to hire you or they're going to turn the station off and they can't do that. And so, <laughs> yeah, I went, wow. from my, uh, I went there and got my first lecture and to think about it, Mark, I'm 17. I don't know how to dress. I don't know what a real <laughs> resume is supposed to look like. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I didn't ask for any help because I thought I, I didn't, it's not that I thought I knew everything. I, I just assumed I knew everything, you right, know, yeah. I didn't think it, I assumed. And I, I went and yeah. Mark, I kid you not, Joe Wade Formicola. He looked at me. Now I realized now he was already going to hire me. Okay. I didn't know that at the time, but I'm not kidding. He looked at my resume, which was had, Oh, it was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> I think it was handwritten. Actually, I think I actually hand wrote it out. Maybe with crayon. I don't know. But anyway, he sent me, he told me, he said, you, sir, need to turn around, leave here, come back dressed professionally with a real resume. And you need to be back before two o'clock. It's like 11. And I mean, I can't, and I did it. I went out, I did everything. (laughs) I came back and he said, now I will hire you. And I'm hiring wow. because our birthdays are on the same day and I need you to work tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. So the I birthday paid off. Yep. There you go. <laughs> yep. Oh, so funny. Holy Joe Wade Formicola. Yeah. And he was so filthy on the air. He was, oh. but it was, he wasn't filthy in a like overt way. Yeah. Okay. Do you, do you ever see the movie, um, the Howard Stern movie where, um, private parts about his life. Mm-hmm. You ever watched yeah. that? Yeah. It's a um, long time ago, but I did see it. Yeah. When Howard Stern goes to Detroit, uh, to do mornings, right at the four W www. It's four W wow. yeah. Howard goes there to do that. And it's a rock station. And the owner comes in and cha- trades, changes it out, you know, to country. And Howard is like hop along Howie or whatever. And he goes and <laughs> now to emphasize what they were doing. You got to remember, at the time, country music was huge. Urban Cowboy yeah. was a huge hit. 30% yeah. Yeah. of top 40 radio was country. And to emphasize how bad country music was, they were playing uh, uh, Slim Whitman yodeling, okay, as the music that he's playing. And yeah. I'm Hop Along yeah. Howie, and I, I don't think I can do this. And he quits. Well, he didn't actually quit. He got fired. And the man who fired him, Joe Wade Formicola. Wow. And it was from a call that took his place at 4W. And it was Joe Wade who made a career out of 4W and then ended up in Raleigh. 
That's what wow. you do. You tick off somebody. You go from a major market to a myth. You go from market number eight at the time to market number 58. Yeah. That's not a, that's not a win, Mark. You know, no, it's not. <laughs> it's going the other way. Anyway. Let's look at your so resume you now, Mr. Former yeah. But, well, you know, it's so funny. I learned a lot from him. I really did. Yeah. He, it's like, yes, it was a very influential, it, it, he influenced a lot of things about what I believe in career wise, because I actually saw him do some things that I knew better. I knew better at a young age, but he got caught up in it, you know, yeah. and, uh, but he, he was just an interesting guy. He's the guy that told me to turn the headphones down. He said, mm-hmm. Dave, you can always tell if some, and by the way, if you listen to a lot of podcasts, um, listen to some, and if the, if the person seems to talk really low and maybe over announce things, that's because yeah. they have their headphones really cranked up and they're listening to themselves and they, they're in love with yeah. their voice and they will yeah. emphasize things. Because that's what they do. They crank him up. And he was like, you don't need the headphones to hear your voice. You need the headphones to make sure you're still on the air and that the music's playing <laughs> underneath you. That's what you got to make sure. Of. So yeah. Shut up. And he was the first guy that ever hotline me. Told me to shut up. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. And the, 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 and the engineering side of me says, ah, to that, you know, ah, uh-huh. just because but I was trained, yeah. you need to be, uh, I was trained by somebody on the opposite end of the spectrum, right? Crank them up so you can hear everything in the mix. Make sure yeah. you're in the right, you're the right place in the mix because you want to mix yourself in just above the music. You don't want to be able to, you know, anyway. And, uh, but the thing is that that negates, oh, God, this is a welcome to nerdville. There's something called compression, compression and limiting in the, in radio and every radio station has it, which was, which is why all the songs are the same volume and every bit right. of the song is the same volume. You know, you're mm-hmm. listening to it and it's not like there's not a soft passage and a louds passage. It's all the same volume. It's going through processing. You can, you can crack the mic and have the music down really low and you're both going to sound the same volume right. <laughs> because of the way the compression works. Yeah. It's just strange. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, that's just yeah. Sorry, I, I just, had a nerd that's moment my birthday. there. No, that's my birthday yeah. story of the day. It's yeah. just that wow. it did pay off a couple of times, but I did. I didn't get insulted when my dad said that. You know, yeah. About, no, hey, well, you I'm know, glad Hank because I mean, he's just trying to be up. You know, you're like got the same birthday as so and so. Like it's a compliment, just, right? Yeah. And, it's, and I'm, you know, I get, I get that. You know, one more thing that. to not say to my own sons now. You know, yeah. so hey, you know how many more people are more important than you that I've never met that had the same birthday as you? Let's look them up together. That's some father-son bonding time. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our safety. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. You know what I thought, Mark? What? Oh, see, so yeah, Andrew, my oldest son, Andrew, his birthday is September 23rd. Oh, okay. I really thought I was going to have, he, he was wow. going to arrive on my birthday. I was hoping. Mm. Um, so I, that's the, I thought. That's the day after Jane's birthday. I know. the 22nd, yeah. So I thought, I'm going to call him up and remind him that Bruce Springsteen has the same birthday as him. You really should. I you, think I might. You really should. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it weird? Oh, well. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, now you know why I do not celebrate birthdays. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what's, 
All right, Mark. Oh, um, boy. Back to the land of the living and uh, armed man impersonating law enforcement arrested at RFK Jr. campaign. Yeah, we in talked Los Angeles. About, we talked about this a while back. The fact that RFK uh, Jr. Uh, has asked repeatedly, many, many times, for Secret Service protection because he is running for president on the Democrat side, and he has been denied that protection many, many times. Well, finally, a man carrying loaded pistols and spare ammunition was detained Friday after impersonating a U.S. Marshal at one of Democratic presidential candidate Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s campaign events in Los Angeles. He was identified Saturday as Adrian Paul Ispuro. He's 44, um, according to the LAPD. In a post to X, formerly known as Twitter, Kennedy detailed the incident and expressed appreciation for the, for the security guards at the Hispanic Heritage event who moved quickly to isolate and detain the man. He said, I'm very grateful that alert and fast acting protectors from Gavin DeBecker and Associates um, spotted and detained an armed man who attempted to approach me at my Hispanic Heritage speech at Wilshire Eb Ebel Theater in Los Angeles tonight. The man wearing two shoulder holsters with loaded pistols and spare ammunition magazines was carrying a U.S. Marshal badge on a lanyard and belt clip federal ID. He identified himself as a member of my security detail. Armed GDBA team members moved quickly to isolate and detain the man until a uh, LAPD arrived to make the arrest. I'm also grateful to LAPD for its rapid response. Uh, the guy remains in custody uh, as of Saturday in lieu of $35,000 bail. Um, he's Kennedy still has no Secret Service protection. And it makes me wonder if it'll change after this, now that there's actually been something happening. Now, this guy, Spiro, said, oh, I thought I had a security job. But, you know, they, you know, I came because there was I came in response to a, to this and they mm. said I had a job on the security team there. Uh, there's something really? Really wrong with that, man. Yeah, there's something not right about that at all. I've been very hinky. Mm. I did use the word hinky. Yes. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. Still one of the funniest things from that uh, the, the movie uh, about the fugitive. Um when they, why, what is hinky? That's just what we say. Just say weird, you know? Don't say hinky. <laughs> I used to really enjoy Tommy Lee Jones until I found out he was roommates yeah. with Al Gore in college at Yale. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, that scene in the fugitive Harrison Ford they're in the they're in the big drainage thing looking over, the, over the, the water and he says I didn't kill my wife I don't care <laughs> remember what I told you when we were down there in the tunnel yeah you're pointing my gun at me <laughs> of course I remember he did a Peter Pan right off here <laughs> wow I need to go watch that again. Yeah. Just just for the Tommy Lee Jones moments. He did a Peter yeah. Pan right off here. <laughs> Look, Tommy Lee Jones. I, you know, that and you know the movies that I enjoy more than I thought I would? Um, the alien movies that he did, Men in Black with mm -hmm. uh, Will Smith. I've, I've yeah, enjoyed those fun. movies a lot more. Even yeah. the, the the last one, I enjoyed yeah. that a lot. Um, yeah. And it, even though it was tough to look at him because Tommy Lee Jones now looks like He's one of the aliens that they caught in the first Men in Black 25 years ago. You know, you look at him, you're like, what is that? Is that a sausage in the middle of his face? Uh, are you oh, saying the man is oh. not aging well? Is that what you're saying? You know what? I, in reality, Mark, I'm glad he's aging because, you know, what? compare, you know, uh, you know, one of the things that always bothered me about Burt Reynolds getting a face thing. Um, oh. If you look at Burt in the uh, late 90s when he was in uh, Miracle, uh, not Miracle, is uh, uh, whatever that hockey movie. Uh, mm, yeah. Anyway, he he had a beard and stuff, but he was the judge, and but he looked distinguished. You know, he was aging. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then, like so many actors, instead, look at Clint Eastwood. Clint has always had a saggy face with a huge Adam's apple, you know? And <laughs> yes. he's just aged. It's like he's a dude. Guys can do this. You can yeah. age. You don't have to do the Burt Reynolds, Kenny Rogers thing. But Burt had a, a facelift. And if you look at him, look at the movie in you know the late, eight, late 80, 90s. And then you look at him when he did uh, the remake of Longest Yard with uh, Adam Sandler. Mm -hmm. And he had had yeah. the, his face done. And it's like, it looked like his head shrunk a little bit. It was almost mm -hmm. like, you know, the Beetlejuice powder over the top of the head waiting in line. And his head shrunk a little bit. Granted, they did get rid of some of the wrinkles, but it now looks smaller, dude. Oh, wow. Just messed with me, you know. But had he just let yep. it stay there, he would have, I think he would have looked really cool, you know, mm. or scary. Yep. Either way. That just, it's like you look at a dude like Kenny Rogers. Worst thing he ever did. He said it was the facelift. Be a dude. I know. You know? Like we were doing the morning show when that happened. I remember us oh, talking yeah. about it. It's just like, holy moly. I mean, <laughs> what happened? It's and like somebody grabbed several inches yeah. on the back of his head and just pulled and just it together, pulled. stretched him back. <laughs> and just, you know what? Wow. The, it just the looks thing so is, weird. Mark, it did. And the thing is, the only reason we talked about him, and it because we do not make fun of people's appearance. When right, they have nothing yeah. to, you know, we just don't, it's something we don't do. But when they do something to affect their appearance and they talk about it, as in Kenny yes. Rogers, that's, you know, Kenny Rogers talked about it, that was the worst decision he ever made. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, how is it that you can have fame, fortune, all those things? And everybody knows how old you are. I mean, you're mm -hmm. not going to have hit records in the seventies with your gray beard and right. 25 years later, look younger. You're obviously going to look older, okay? Um, yep. <laughs> why? What What kind of thing is going on? And that, that bothers me. People ought, if you don't know who you are, you can be talking mm -hmm. into something like that. Now, I do know yeah. there are some different issues between men and women. There ought not be, but there are. And by the way, it's biblical. Go read the Bible. You'll mm -hmm. find out about men and women and how we age. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that amazing? No matter it what, is. Mark. Yeah. It's in the word. It's right there. It is. I feel like, you know what? I feel like Willy Wonka at the end of the first one with Gene Wilder. Right there, black and white, clear as the nose on your face. Uh, <laughs> here, is it's that going to be? It is, isn't it? Yeah, is that going to be us with God when he's like sitting there going, yeah. you know? <laughs> no, no, it's it not going to be that way. No, he's, I know. He's going to go, and um, who are you again? I'm not going to say anything. He's just gonna be, nope, you're in the other line. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, but you, you you move move to the left. Follow those people to the smoke. Yeah, the other thing that really gets me is how cool it would be if you were standing there, if you actually had to wait in line, and you got to yeah. glance over, and you glance over, and you look at the people in the other line, and you're mm -hmm. seeing, you know, Jim and Tammy Faye, and you know, Charlie Manson, OJ. They're all over there, and you're going, "Hey, wait a minute, I'm not in that line. We all know that I'm okay." <laughs> well. Trump uh, had something <laughs> yeah. to say about Pelosi, Mark. The f go figure. Yeah. Uh, all this stuff with January 6th, Trump, uh, Trump is, is, is spoken up and basically pointed his fingers at, at uh, Nancy Pelosi. And he should, in my mm -hmm. opinion. I think so. Um, he argued in his first network interview since leaving office that former Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi is responsible for January 6th. Quote, Nancy Pelosi was in charge of security. She turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't turn down the soldiers, you wouldn't have, wouldn't have had January 6th. That's what he told NBC's Meet the Press host, uh, Kristen mm -hmm. Kristen Welker during a recent sit down interview at Trump's golf club in Bedminster, New Jersey. 
He declined to answer if he called military or law enforcement that day, saying, I behaved so well. I did such a good job. Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. She didn't do that. Hmm. (laughs) And then Welker challenged Trump that Pelosi didn't have the authority he had as commander in chief. Uh, He says, I understand that the police testified against her. The chief very strongly against her. The Capitol Police, great people. They testified Mm -hmm. against her and they burned all the evidence. Okay, they burned all the evidence. They destroyed all the evidence about Nancy Pelosi. She has authority over the Capitol. National Guard not coming. I asked her uh, for them to be there three days in advance and she turned it down. She says that 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 request was never officially made. Welker, who newly took over the NBC program from former host Chuck Todd, interjected. Um, the mayor of DC, he says, gave us a letter saying that she turned it down. Okay. We have it. Nancy Pelosi was also asked and she turned it down. The police commissioner of Capitol police, he, uh, he continued and she interrupted him again. She said, saying, wait a minute. Uh, and then he pressed on saying Capitol police said that he wanted it and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't accept it. She's responsible for January 6th. Jan- Nancy wow. Pelosi is responsible. And the January 6th committee refused to interview her. Hmm. And he's right. About, I've, I've actually heard the guy uh, on the on Mike Rose podcast. I heard the guy with the Capitol Police talking about how they were kept out of the loop on so much stuff. Hmm. They were just not informed about things. And when they finally did ask for ask for help, they saw things they saw saw things brewing. And the day of things were getting bad. And he was saying, we need the National Guard in here. You need to call in the National Guard. We need them here. And everybody above him was saying, mm, don't like the way that looks. Wouldn't look good to call in the National Guard. Hmm. Wow. So the the guy the guy the chief the pol- chief of the of the Capitol police was asking for help and getting refused help. Wow. So that part I've heard it from that guy, not just hmm. Trump. I've heard it from right. that guy. So that's true. But was it? Okay, but in reality, whose job is it? Is it the Speaker of the House? Washington D.C., the District of Columbia is different than the state of New mm-hmm. Jersey or Alabama. It's a different it's scenario, yeah. Yeah. right? Uh, although they want statehood uh, and which is, if that ever happens, it's the most ridiculous thing yeah, of all so time. It's just There's so they reason. can have more Democrat representatives right. is why. Yeah. And there was a definite reason why it was set up that way. But yeah. um, I want, I don't know the rules there. I don't know if there are different, who's supposed to call it? If you need help from the national guard, like if we did it in Alabama, the governor K Ivy could call in the national guard could, mm-hmm. The county commissioner in, you know, Weaver, Alabama, calling the National Guard to his community. I don't think he has that power. I don't know what power she has. It's my understanding that capital security comes into her purview. Okay. So it's her thing. Yeah. She can say yeah yeah, to it. Then if that's the case, then yeah, he's got a really, he's got a very good point and needs to Mm -hmm. go ahead and he needs to pull one of those days where you run one ad, one 30 second ad over every network available and just here's the law. Here's who's responsible. Everything about yeah. this is a lie. Yeah. Um, and the liberals would still, they probably would not air it saying it was inciting True. a riot or something. Right. But yeah, they would. Mm. Interesting. She I didn't make it that. on social media. They'd cancel it in a minute. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Wow. So, Mark, have a glorious day. Yeah. You t- oh, a little housekeeping before we go. It's a short week for us. Dave's going to be at, uh, I almost, said, Orlando. Comic-Con. almost yeah. said Comic-Con. <laughs> it's going to be at CrimeCon Orlando yeah. uh, Wednesday through Friday. And uh, we look forward to some great stories coming back from that. But we will be back tomorrow. So join us then. We never walked on the moon. Elvis ain't dead. You ain't going crazy. It's all in your head.